This morning, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about when we face problems or adversity in life. Okay, so we all know what the world's like at the moment. There's a lot of stuff happening. And no doubt each one of us at times has been like, what on earth is happening in my life? I just don't understand it. Um, there's things just about in every area of life as we live out our Christian walk here today that just seem crazy. The world looks like it's upside down, doesn't it? The things that once we held dear and, and treasured are now almost not treasured anymore. There's, there's a giving away of the righteous way of living and nothing seems like in culture that it's the way it should be. And that's what happens sometimes in this world. It, it just seems to fall apart. And I just want to flick up a verse at the moment, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, about what it's sometimes like. And I don't know about you, but when I read this verse here, I, I think about the world around me, and it's like, this is exactly how it is. And, and Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, talks about it, and he says, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good, good is evil, the dark is light and light is dark, but bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. This is how the world seems to operate, doesn't it? It's like bad's good, dark's great, light's not good, the bitter things in life are sweet, and, and so there's this, this pressure that's all around us from the world that, that, that it's like we're almost being besieged. And it reminded me of um, when uh, Israel was actually taken over by King Nebuchadnezzar, there'd been this sort of thing happening in Israel at the time. There'd been sinning and idolatry and God came through a number of prophets there and through Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Zephaniah and he was saying to them, guys, if you don't change, something's going to change. There's going to be a consequence to the actions that, that are happening at the moment and they were living that way where it was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, evil's good, good's evil, Light's dark, dark's light. It's like this whole world was, was wrong. It was out of kilter and it was this siege that happened. A young man called um, Daniel was taken away at this time. When Nebuchadnezzar came in, eventually God said, enough's enough. And he sent him in and they, he took Israel away for 70 years, took Daniel at about the age of 15 and began to indoctrinate him and some of his friends into the ways of the world according to their their culture. And I feel sometimes that's exactly what is happening to us, to our kids. That the way the world operates, it's like they're grabbing them and they're, they're, they're taking them captive and they're giving them the, the thoughts of life, the wisdom of life, not through what God wants to give them, but the way that the world sees things. It's probably no different to today to what it was in back what it was back then so I don't know if you remember Shadrach Meshach and Abednego that story um, where where they were thrown in a fire and and Christ basically showed up with them and they didn't get burnt those three guys along with Daniel were taken and they were taught these things of the world and they were thrown in that culture that they were in but somehow as we read through their stories and and you can read about that they stayed true to their God they stayed true to who they were and yet around them there was this besieging of culture, there was besieging of the enemy, there's there even the discipline of God in, to Israel at that time when they were taken away. 
And I wanted to just sort of go through a few things today to think about when the bad things in life happen. Because we cannot be surprised that there is adversity in this world. You know, we we sort of would love a life that's just free and easy, that nothing ever goes wrong, but there are things in this world that come against us. There's times in our life when things are difficult, isn't there? I don't know if you've found that, but I've certainly found that, that there's things that, that come to me that are difficult and we should not be surprised at all. Let's see what Jesus said about it in John 16. I've told you all this so you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You see that there? It's saying you've you got to understand this. Life is not always going to be easy. In fact, Jesus was warning his disciples at the time of things to come. He says, I'm I'm telling you this not to scare you, but so that you understand that there are sometimes going to be problems. You're going to be faced with adversity and, and from the sources that it comes from, we're going to talk about those, some of those sources. But don't worry, I've overcome the world. That if you trust in me, you are going to overcome and you're going to see a victory in all these different areas. And sometimes we try to figure out whose fault things are. We look for someone to blame rather than looking at the situation. So we're so focused on whose fault it is, wondering where we can put the blame or fix the blame rather than fix the problem. Who can I blame for what's happening in my life? Instead of asking whose fault it is, why don't we start to say, well, how can I deal with this and what should I do in this situation? And I just want to just mention, um, let me think, four sources where you might get some trouble from. Number one is yourself. Sometimes we cause our own problems. We are our biggest problem. I talked last week about the new nature that we have in Jesus Christ, but there are times in our life when we revert back to who we were, when we don't follow God or we're we're disobedient or we walk in a way that is not conducive to life and we start to walk in debt. Let's have a look at James here, James 1, verse 14 and 15, as we think about this. Have we got that one there? It's coming. (laughs) There we go. Now this is obviously talking about the temptation that comes to us, but listen to what it says. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Do you know that some of the problems in your life are because of you? They've actually got nothing to do with anyone else, but it's, it's when you're walking away from who you are in Christ and start to attach yourself to the old nature. You act in a way that, that creates a problem. You might treat someone badly that creates a relational problem. You might steal something that creates a law problem. You might speed and get a speeding fine and guess whose fault that is. Oh, this problem, I owe so much money because I sped but I don't have enough money. The problem is created by us sometimes when we follow after our own desires and do the things we want. 
So the first thing to think about when you're thinking of a problem or, a, or something that's happening in your life is you might be involved. Number two, the world around us. The world around us is not a godly world. The way the world operates was not set up by God, it was set up by a worldly system and in fact spiritual powers as well. So let's have a look at a few of those verses for that. And what we're meant to do. So Romans 12, you don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. In 1 Corinthians 3.19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. Sometimes problems come on us because we decide we are going to follow the customs and the behaviours of the world that we're living in. In other words, we let ourselves be influenced by the world around us. And so as we begin to follow after those things, we begin to walk away from God and problems come in our life. The world around us it might even be in the attitudes and, and the things that we're trying to put in place in our life and we're relying on human wisdom rather than listening to God. We think that we're going to solve this problem by human wisdom, not by pushing into God and finding out his will and his purpose for my life. We make decisions based on what the world says is correct and right rather than what God says is true and perfect. And so we have to learn to walk that way. Number three is Satan. When you have problems, there is no doubt that Satan is planning your downfall. He just wants to put stuff in your life that, that creates difficulty, that makes you walk and fall and stumble. Satan is a dog. He's a liar. He's a thief. And he is out to destroy your soul and everything else that you have in life that is good. 1 Peter 5.8 talks about Satan as being like a prowling lion. Stay alert, watch out, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against, firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering that you are. So Satan can sometimes be that source of the problem in your life. And lastly, it could actually be God allowing something to happen because he needs to bring you back to him. I'm not talking about making you sick to death. I'm not talking about destroying you because that's not what God is about. In fact, it talks about his discipline as not being grievous. That means harmful to you. But it's to bring you back to him. But it doesn't matter what the source is, it's important to understand your response to that problem and how you're going to deal with it. So what we're going to do now is look for ways that God might use it for good.
When you have a problem, God wants to turn it around. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. If you're shaken up because God's allowing something to happen, it's, it's because he wants you to become unshakable. He wants you to trust him fully and turn completely to him. And there's some reasons that sometimes God allows these things to happen. As I said, remember, we're not talking about God letting you die, but there, there are some good things here. Firstly, sometimes God shakes things up to inspect me. What does that mean? It means that the problems in my life sometimes reveal the weaknesses that I have. When a, when a pipe is made, you only find the weakness in that pipe when pressure is put in it because then that's when you'll find the weak spot. Somebody once said that people are like tea bags. You don't know what's in them until they're in hot water. That's so true, isn't it? You may have a fear, a wrong motive, a wrong value, a misperception that really needs to be dealt with. And you will find in times in your life when pressure comes, what happens? The real you comes out, doesn't it? Who knows that you're the most peaceful person in the world when there's no problem? I've got God's peace. I'm walking in it. And you look at the people around you and you're like, if only they could be like me. But then a problem comes in your life and all of a sudden you're that person running around and blaming everyone and being frantic and, and you're seeing these things come up inside you before you're like, why aren't they just trusting God? And now you're like, I need to trust God. <laughs> and God sometimes lets these things mature you. I remember listening to some of Danny Guglielmucci's messages about ministry. And he always talked about it in a way that God will put you through a reverse because he has to test your motive. As I said before, it's easy when it's easy, but what happens when adversity comes? You're like, I really know that God's telling me that he wants to do this for me, so you step out in it, and after two or three weeks, you're like, actually, this is a lot harder than I thought. I thought everybody loved me. I thought they would approve of everything I'm doing, but now there's adversity, there's people coming against you, and God allows those things to happen. Why? Because we need to be tested as in fire. Are you real? You said you wanted to do this ministry. Here's a little bit of tough stuff. Are you backing out now? There's this revelation of where our heart truly lies when things are tough. Are we really convinced? Are we really convicted? about the things that we're doing for God. Jeremiah 17, verse 10. But I, the Lord, search the hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. God has to be able to search our hearts. Now, he already knows what's in our heart, but guess who he has to reveal it to, really? Us. We think we're pure, we think we're good and right, and in our own eyes we are, but when push comes to shove, God reveals what's truly in our heart. 
So the first question we need to ask is this. What does this problem reveal about me as I'm going through it? What is being revealed about me? Sometimes God wants to correct you through those things that are happening in your life. You're walking down a wrong path. You're refusing to listen to God just as as Israel did in the story when Daniel's country was taken away captive. 25% of them were actually removed to Babylon, which is now Iraq. But we just keep not listening to God. And he's like, can you just listen? Think about the prodigal son when he ran away from home and he, he got to this place when he was in the pig bed and it says he finally came to his senses. God has to discipline us and we need to love that he does. Sometimes the only way is through pain. It's the only way we'll listen to him. It's not what he desires. It's not what he hopes for. He hopes that we are listening to him. But sometimes until there's pain, we don't react. You don't know the value of money until you lose it all. You don't know the treasure that you had in your wife until she walks away with the kids. You lose things and it causes you to think there's a discipline. Now, it's not that God wants that to happen at all. But if we go back and put all these things together as the reasons why, we know the result from it. God will work it for good. Now, God doesn't make your wife walk away from you. You do. By not valuing her, not loving her, not spending time with her, not cherishing her or the other way around. And so we create the problem sometimes, but God allows that to happen so that we can actually come to our senses sometimes. If we look at Hebrews 12, verse 8 to 11, if God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, Shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of spirits and live forever? Our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. God is interested in your character. Now, the best way to be purified in the way God disciplines is through his word. As Jesus talked to his disciples, he said, you have already been purified through my word. That is what's meant to be there. And and when Paul talked to Timothy, he talked about the word of God being useful for what? Discipline, correction, wholesome teaching. But God knows that if you had no pain, you would just continue down the way you're still going. Sometimes that fire just has to be lit so you feel it. And we have to understand discipline for us is good. We're not talking about destroying us, remember that. And the way that sometimes we think of discipline as parents is this, if I discipline my kids, they won't love me. Not if I don't discipline my kids, I don't love them. And that is so important that we remember that. So the question that we need to ask in this case is where is the problem leading me? 
Sometimes problems happen in our life to protect us. Sometimes the problem that we go through actually protects us from a bigger problem down the road. A business that didn't succeed, a relationship that ends. And sometimes you will have problems not because you're doing the wrong thing, but because you're doing the right thing. A businessman in California refused to act corruptly in the business that he was in. He said he was a Christian. It didn't match up with how he wanted to live. He got sacked and lost all his pension for that business. He stood up for righteous way of living. He said, Jesus is Lord of my life and I'm going to let him be the one that lead me. Two months later, that business was investigated by the American authorities and all of them went to prison for 20 years because of their corrupt behaviour. Now initially it's like, I've got a problem. I don't have a job anymore. What are you doing to me, God? What's happening? But God knows the future and he sees ahead. And I don't know if you've ever found it in your life, but I certainly have, where, where something's happened and you sometimes might not even know. I can't believe it. I got a flat tire. And you would have hit that intersection just as that road train went through against the red light and been wiped out if you didn't. Sometimes God uses these things so that He can actually protect us from a bigger problem ahead. And as I said, it's not because you're doing the wrong thing, it's because you're doing the right thing. I remember reading a story about a a choir in America that they had their choir practice on, but for some reason not one person could get to that practice that night and the church burnt down and it would have burnt down while they were in it. Who knows why, but sometimes you do have problems just because God wants to protect you. He wants to keep you away from what is happening Genesis 50:20 This is actually Joseph, the great man of God in the Old Testament, and he was sold into slavery. He went and uh, served in Potiphar, a guy called Potiphar's house and was accused of uh, sexual misconduct which he hadn't done. He was thrown in prison. And yet God in the end turned it around that he became second in charge of Egypt. And sometimes the problems, God will turn them around. Now this is a little bit different, I guess, to God allowing something to happen or maybe even causing something to happen to prevent you from harm. But we know this, that God wants to turn around every situation. Whatever's been intended for harm... God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. We have to always remember that we, can look, we can't look ahead, but God can see everything. He knows what's happening. There are people who want to put you down and blame you because you take a right stand. They would like to tease you. They would like to, to say, why aren't you partying with the crowd? But Christians, we are called to take a stand. And sometimes this can happen with our emotions too. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes you're feeling down or depressed or discouraged. 
And God just doesn't seem to take those feelings away, but sometimes it's to protect us, to move us out of a situation we're in. And we can, can pray for those feelings to go away, but God wants us to experience that so that we move away from the wrong way we're going. To turn our lives around. Maybe God removes someone close and it breaks your heart. Don't choose to follow them. Don't chase them. If God is breaking that tie, let him break it. So the next question, how could this problem be protecting me? As I'm going through this, is this something that is actually protecting my heart? I'm feeling depressed and down and discouraged, but I know that relationship is wrong. I know that I'm in the wrong job. I know that, that whatever it is that is happening to me at the moment, these, these emotions, they're actually tied to something that I need to get rid of. God sometimes lets these problems happen or shakes us up to perfect us. Let's look at James 1, 2-4. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Would you like to be that person at the end, perfect and complete and needing nothing? Well, then what has to happen beforehand? Sometimes you just have to go through some difficult times and count it all joy. In other words, it's not saying enjoy your problems. What it's saying is this, just like Jesus looked at the cross and he looked at the cross and he said, I don't want to go there, but because of the joy set before him, he went to the cross. What was the joy set before him? It's you. Sitting out there today, listening to the word of God, those who have, have given Christ rule in their heart, Jesus looked at that cross and he saw the suffering and the pain, what he was going through at the moment, but he knew the result was that he would bring many sons and daughters to glory. And so he resolved in his heart, in his spirit, I'm going to develop something here. To make you more like Christ sometimes. That refining that happens in our life. This is the high cost of growing up, guys, that sometimes we feel pain. Easy Street does not develop you at all. And sometimes the things that discourage you are ultimately used by God to develop you in your character. And the question here to ask is, how can I grow from this problem? How can I grow? How can I become a better person? And you know what? In the end, the problems that you have are not the real problem. The real problem is how do I deal with those problems? What am I doing in that situation? The real problem is when I lose my perspective. The real problem is when I give up important values in my life because I have a problem. The real problem is I lose my sense of humour in a situation and let it get on top of me. The real problem is when I start feeling sorry for myself and having a pity party and don't move forward with life. 
The real problem is when you get bitter and start looking to everyone else that you can blame for the problems that you have in your life. That's the real problem. And lastly, what do we do in that situation? It always comes back to this. Sometimes you just have to trust God for what you don't understand. Sometimes you have something in your life and you just cannot put a finger on what it is, why it's going wrong, why there's this difficulty. And as people of God, what do we do? We crawl back into Christ. (laughs) We crawl back into his loving arms. We look at our beautiful saviour asleep in the boat while the storm's going on and he's saying, why don't you just come and join me? Because I'm not worried about the storm around me, but for your sake I'll still it. And sometimes we look at that storm and we definitely take our eyes off Jesus, don't we? We let go of our trust in him, we let go of our faith in who he is and we forget that he is this God who loves us and the one who has a great desire to bless us, a great desire to have fellowship with us and move us through life so that we're ready for heaven. You know, when you have problems, when you don't trust God, you are going to be so shaky But when you trust him, you have put yourself on this firm foundation, Jesus Christ, the word of God. He will hold you firm and be your anchor through every storm. And please remember that you are able to stand against Satan. You are able to stand against his wiles and it says actually, that when you stand against him, he will flee as in terror because he knows who lives inside of you. He knows who lives inside of you. But you might recognise some of the things in your life and it's good for us to think about it. Is this because of my bad behaviour? Is it because Satan is having a, a go at me? Is it because the world is influencing me in a way that is ungodly? Is God testing my character at the moment? What is it? And quite often it's actually a mixture because Satan is definitely involved in the world and he's definitely involved in sin. Isn't he? But to be unshakable, you ask yourself those questions and without my glasses on, let's see if I can find them again. Number one, what does this problem reveal about me? Number two, where is the problem leading me? Is it moving me into a different direction? And personally for me, that has helped me so many times. And I've said to God, I remember once we were going to buy a unit when we were young, me and Joe. And it just did not come through. It was months and months and nothing happened. And then God moved us to a different place that actually suited us better, that was better for us. But at the time it was like, why is this happening? We want this, we love this unit, this is exactly what we want, but God says, that's not for you. I'm not going to let that happen. 
And so you trust him. And, and sometimes if we're honest before God and we're saying, God, I do want you to lead me, there are times when the doors will close. And that's actually okay. If God closes it, we don't want to be pushing it open. If God opens another door, that's the door we want to walk through. We might ask also this, how is this problem protecting me? Maybe I need to feel depressed and down in this relationship because it's bad and I need to actually end it. And how can I grow from this problem? Hmm. But we can be sure of this. God knows the plans he has for us to give us a hope and give us a future. And he also turns all things around for good. But let's have a look at a couple of verses about trusting God. Proverbs twenty twenty four and Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. And I think the first one here is just what I said. Sometimes you just don't understand everything. The Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? And the last verse, which is one of the most beautiful verses, I think, in the Bible. There's a billion of them, by the way. <laughs> but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. What a blessing. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we can trust you in every situation. Lord, we want to be unshakable people. Lord, we want to understand where we need to listen to you, where we need to follow you, Lord, when Satan is attacking us, when we're being influenced by the world. So this morning, I'm praying that you would help us to understand all those things, give us clarity of thinking. And Lord, let us fashion our life around you so that we can become more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now this morning it may be that you've never ever given your heart to God. I don't know how you do it. You see, we've got a God we can trust that can help us in these situations and times and yet leads us into this amazing place of peace. But God sent Jesus to die for you because this is a broken world and he wants to restore a relationship with you. Why would you want to go through this life without him? This morning I'm just going to ask you, if that's you this morning and you're like, I don't even know why I'm not a Christian. Today is the day that you're going to ask him into your life and ask him to become part of your life. You need him. You need him. You need him in your life. God gave you a way back to the Father and it's through Jesus. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray and ask that God forgive you of your sin. You're going to ask for that forgiveness and ask him into your life. So if that's you, just pray with me now. Father God, I'm so sorry that I have not listened to you. I haven't trusted you. I've listened to the world. I wanted them to love me. I wanted to please them. But I know there's an emptiness inside and I'm wanting you to fill it. This morning, I just ask that you would come into my life. I thank you that Jesus died for my sins so that I can be restored to you and be a whole person again. 
forgive me in Jesus' name. From this day on, I want to live for you. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer and you're with a friend, make sure you ask them about this Christian thing that the bloke up the front was talking about. So whoever invited you this morning, you just ask them about it and say, I've become a Christian today. I I want Jesus in my life. And they'll lead you in the next steps. Or if you're here by yourself, please come and see me afterwards and we'll chat and we'll, we'll talk about what God has done for you and how you can grow in faith in him. In the meantime, church, if you want prayer for anything, please come up the front. We'll pray for you. Whatever it is. God is a good and loving God and wants to meet you where you are. Amen.